0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Auditory Podcast. My name is Wendy Lessishi. And
1: I'm George Meeny.
0: And boy do we have an interesting episode for you today on this cold winter day. I don't know how you're feeling about this weather, George, but I'm absolutely dying.
1: I thought we have this had this conversation earlier. When do we have oh when You're trying to kill me? With the
0: with the the heat of the Yes. Rooms.
1: For everybody's benefit, Wendy tried to kill me this morning. Where are you trying to kill me? Just like I'm just say, putting okay. it on record. Wendy <laughs> tried to kill me this morning.
0: I just want to say that it wasn't me. Like I, <laughs> I promise you, it was but not me.
1: Everybody knows when the heater is on, Wendy's had the remote.
0: I went. I did walk into the room and I was like, wow, the temperature is perfect in here. So I was. I it was, was like there. fifty-two degrees, maybe in uh, Fahrenheit. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was perfectly twenty-four degrees. You know, for in Celsius. So I think it was it was perfect. I walked in there and immediately started sweating. Yeah. I mean, I'm wearing a coat. I'm wearing a jersey.
1: I'm wearing long johns. Uh, you know why? You know why? I mean, I'm not saying... I can I can feel the the temperatures down, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, I, t- I take a... Uh, well, I'm trying. I'm t- I, t- I take a, a cold plunge in the pool. Yeah. Multiple times a week. Yeah. In the morning. And that keeps you warm? Well... It's You know, it's this hot and cold therapy. Whether it works in the long run or not, um, I, you know, I, I think it will. But um, what I have found is that it changes your perception of temperature. Okay. um So it's not that you don't feel the cold. It's you're just, just kind of you're more accustomed to... you just like, okay, it's cold. Kind of like people in... I think it's in Finland.
0: Where's, where's Valtteri brought from? Is it Finland?
1: I think it's from Finland. Yeah. My relationship with cold and hot has changed.
0: Because of it. Well, you're glowing. I'll, I'll tell you that much. you Do you look like you're glowing now. So. <laughs> glowing as in like red. You're just glowing. You there's new, this new shine. <laughs> That's new shine. It's not the makeup, I promise. It's not the makeup. <laughs> anyway, so today we're going to we have a very interesting episode. So we'll be talking about, uh, it's basically Cars Made Easy episode. We'll be talking about some car terminology that you need to know when you're buying and selling a car. Um, and then there's a very interesting article on the website right now that speaks to on-the-road fees. So unpacking a little bit what that is. And then, lastly, we'll just unpack how much you're paying for a car now in 2023
1: versus 2021, because obviously that has changed. I like this terminology thing. A lot of people don't understand these things, and you know, quite often when people read something, they, uh, yeah, Google's a, Google's a big benefit now because you can just quickly Google it on your phone. Yeah. But in uh, mm. you know, ten, twenty years ago, um, somebody said something like, "What is MIDP?" Mm. and you didn't know, you wouldn't ask.
0: Exactly. I was about to say exactly that. I think a lot of people go to the the, the dealership; they do their research. I think a lot of people do do research but you don't know what you don't know right so they just get there and they told a bunch of stuff lots of terminology lots of terms and they don't want to you know just say what does that mean Mm. Um, just to kind of you know avoid the embarrassment or whatever the reason. Like GFV what is GFV? Like GFV (laughs) and we're going to unpack exactly what some of that is Um, you know the the car buying process is very daunting it's very um, there's lots of for first time buyers specifically there's lots of things that you just should ask um ultimately if you're not if you're there alone specifically it might it may become something that's you know costs you additional money when it you know you could have avoided it. Exactly. Um so is there any terminology that you wanna sort of kick off No, with, I think or? let's run through the list. Oh, I yeah, mean so. the
1: first one is uh annual percentage rate or finance rate.
0: Yes. So this is essentially just the the loans interest rate. Um which is correct if I'm wrong, it's probably gonna be impacted primarily by whatever the the repurchase rates as well as the, the interest rates ultimately in, in, in the country that you're in.
1: Well, I mean, let's talk to it like, uh, you know, um, acronyms for dummies. Yeah. Is that dummies book? Yes, that, the, uh, the Dummies series. Dummies series, yeah. So, um, so I read some of those and I think to myself, this wasn't written for, you know, dummies. This was written for...
0: For everyone. For everyone. <laughs> <laughs> exactly that. Anyway. So let's go through the process maybe. Let's let us go from the process of, I'm at the, the dealership right now. What scenario would I be given
1: in annual percentage rates or finance rates? Um, so, so let's first understand where this comes from, right? So it comes from the repo rate yes. um, that the bank. Mm. So, so every country has, you know, in American terms, I think it's called the Federal Reserve. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, every every country has that arm. Of, the reserve bank in South uh, Africa. Uh, uh, the reserve bank, the uh, arm of administration. So repo rate. Uh, in South Africa today, okay, so the repo rate is what the Reserve bank will lend to, to other the banks banks yeah okay that 's the repo rate. At the moment uh, looks like it 's eight point two five percent
0: yeah, and that essentially will impact every well because the banks basically get hit with this repo rates, yes, your finance for whatever you have also gets increased by that rate.
1: Yes, yes. So that's that's the uh, that's the repo rate. Then uh, then you get the prime interest rate. Mm. Okay, the prime interest rate is the rate that the banks will charge mm. to a consumer. Mm. It's the, the the prime interest rate, and that at the moment is eleven point seven five. So okay. the repo rate right now is uh, what? It's eight Three, points. Eight point. Uh, 8.2, no, sorry, Mm 8.25, and 11.75 is the prime interest rate. So that is three and a half percent between higher than the than the repo rate, right? So that's the margin the bank makes. Um, and the bank might give you prime less one, prime less two, prime less whatever okay
0: yeah still above the the repo yeah I mean
1: think about it this way the bank will never give you prime less three and a half yeah
0: because they're not making they're not making any money they're, any money. Yeah, they're just giving you money they're just that.
1: giving you money for free <laughs> yeah like you might as well just go and lend it from the reserve bank yeah exactly. okay which is never going to happen yeah. so 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 uh, you 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 probably never push a bank to make a loss on the money yeah Well, um, you'll never
0: be able to get them to
1: agree to that exactly so you know it's a, it's a stretch to get prime less one yeah um it's it's an almost impossibility to get prime rates too. Mm. Um, you know, I don't think those those days exist anymore because the interest rates are so low. So uh, so that's kind of like that's kind of like the the why this thing exists
0: when you're financing your car. So the finance rates will never be the the prime rates. I mean, um, so the more the, the, the riskier rates,
1: you are yeah. as a consumer, yeah, the higher above prime your interest rates going to be. So the bank's going to assess you your history. Uh, how you've paid your accounts, how you've paid your credit cards, how you've paid your previous car, and they're gonna make a call, mm. um, and uh, and then they're gonna they're gonna take take a risk on you based on um an interest rate.
0: Yeah. So I think it's important to uh, to also note that when you do go and buy a car or I guess a house from the bank or where you're getting financing at least from it, it's not it's it's important to not just take the first. Prime lending rate that you've been given. I think usually when you go to a, a dealership, they will ask all the banks really to
1: see what you know what's the best rate that you can get. Yeah, so I mean, I, I had this discussion the other day with uh, um, with someone who banks with a private bank, mm-hmm. and they don't like the fact that uh, the dealer asked them to please submit documents because the dealer could get a better rate Mm -hmm. than uh, than the private private bank. Likely, better rate. And the dealer's right. Yeah. And the reason the dealer's right is because the dealer has a relationship with the banks. They do 30, 40, 50, 100, 200, 300 cars a month, Mm. sometimes financed through the banks, Mm. right? So the banks are incentivized Mm. to preference the dealer. Mm. So you as a private individual, I don't care how much money you have. Mm. I don't care how many private bankers you have. The likelihood of you beating a dealer's uh, interest rate from the bank is low.
0: Just because of, the, of the, the amount of cars that they kind of, well, the business they're giving to the bank ultimately is just… Yes.
1: Now, weird. think about it in another way, right? So, the, so, the, so the, your interest rate likely from through a dealer is going to be lower than any private bank that you can go through. So don't think you're clever by… Mm. You know, oh, I've got a private a bank private letter. Bank, yeah. Come on. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> trust trust the dealership. In fact, I think… No, both. but there's a… There's a yeah, you do, do both. both. You do both, but
1: to, like, you, you're not going to probably beat the dealer. But there's another factor. And that factor is if you allow the dealer to do the finance for you, right, on your behalf, chances are you'll be able to do an entire deal. There are three legs to a car deal. Mm-hmm. The first leg to a car deal is your trade in. Yeah. Important leg to the car deal. Very important leg, right? Just because you can get 10 grand more by selling to a car buying service, I'm talking against our car buying service Mm. as well, which is instant offer, but the the, the principles are still true, right? If you're going to go and sell through a third party service, you're going to sell your car, Mm and you're going to get 10 grand more than the dealer's offering you, Mm -hmm. right? And then you're going to go get your own independent finance from your private banker. Mm. And then you're going to go buy the car from the dealership, right? Three separate tracks. Yeah, yeah. I will put my neck on the block that when you do it that way, overall, if you add all that, that entire deal together, you're worse off than by doing everything at that dealership. dealership. And the reason is as follows. Okay. Dealer earns a margin on the car Mm -hmm. that he's selling you, okay? Okay. Dealer is incentivized to give you a fair price for your trade-in, okay? And the dealer gets commission from the bank for doing the finance deal. It's a fact. Mm. Like, nobody's hiding away from that, right? So those three things are there. So the dealer will likely look at all three of those sources of income because now he's going to sell the car you're giving him at a profit, Mm -hmm. okay? You can't take that away from the dealer, that's how he makes that's his, that's business, he makes his right? money, right? So if you ta- if you take those three things and you give all of them to the dealership, he's obviously going to give you a little bit of a reduced rate. He's going to look at the deal in its entirety. Yes, the full, the full, the package. full package. Yeah, and he's going to say, okay, I can get you this from a finance point of view. I can get you, I can give you this for the trade-in, and I can do the car that you want to buy at this and that try. Or, or should I say three legs of that stool. The trifecta. The, <laughs> the, the, the three, trifecta deal. Yeah. The three legs of that stool <laughs> yeah. is going to get you the best deal. Mm. I'm telling you now that's, <laughs> that's, that's the best way to buy a car this is, is a trade your bloody car in and use the finance from the dealership. Yeah. What the thing you should do, which you mentioned just now, yeah. the thing you should do, is ask the dealer to be transparent mm-hmm. with yes, all the finance exactly. applications that come back. Mm, okay, the dealer has to be transparent about it. Yeah, um, and then you choose.
0: Yeah, it's not, like they, it's not like yeah, it's not like behind a closed door, and they're exactly. like, ah, oh, this is the it's
1: the best I could do for you. They are gonna yeah, don't do don't like, don't believe that story, right? <laughs> um, some some sometimes it's true, sometimes it's not. Um, in today's world, most times it's true. But if a dealer says, "Oh, it's the best I can do for you," attempt to prove it. 100%. Be transparent. But the other thing is, um, then when you get the finance back, don't just accept it. Mm. Take Go it back b- to your bank or? No, no, no. Not that your private banker ain't gonna <laughs> do this. I love my private banker. Your private banker is not into car finance. He's you not a great, dealer. He a sits behind him. He's a spreadsheet jockey. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway. So <laughs> I'm good friends with him. <laughs> your private banker ain't gonna do <laughs> So what do you do? So the thing you should do, yeah. right? Is is say to the dealer, all right, um, I, I, I like this bank's deal, yeah. but the interest rate doesn't suit me. Please, can you push for more? Okay. And the dealer will do it for you. Yeah. Remember, dealer has a relationship with the bank. You don't. Mm. With all the banks? Yes, with all it. the banks. Yeah. Chances are, if you choose the bank that that dealer does most of the business with, it's going to be a bit lower than... That bank is going to be able to reduce the rate yeah. on the dealer's request. Okay. Okay. Not always. If you've got a shit history. Yeah. There's, you, no, there's nothing you can do about that. Yeah. I mean. Like I can't solve for your history <laughs> yeah. as a dealer. Yeah. It's just not going to happen. Right. 100%, yeah. So, so, um, so if you've got a crappy history from a finance point of view, that's not, you're not going to be able to solve that problem. So, so for me, and we were good, we're totally, we totally digress, track, we digress, totally digress bit, but, but, but it's okay. It's important. Is, it is important. Um, uh, uh you know, at, from an interest point of view. Um, and in a, a car deal point of view,
0: when you see the finance rates, essentially, uh, I think two things were their importance is try and, and see if you can get a full package deal because it's going to decrease your price in years. And with regards to the finance rates, you know, try and see, go, go back to. Um, I suppose
1: the message is don't try and do all three legs separately. Separately. Yeah. Um, sometimes you might win, mm-hmm. but I'd say nine times out of ten you're going to get a worse worse package by doing all three legs separately. Go to the dealer and trade the car in. Use the dealer's banking system. Buy the car that you're looking for.
0: And that first finance rate that you get is not necessarily the one that's the be-all and end-all. I think you can wiggle away. You can wiggle and have the discussion with the dealership, Yep, ultimately. Next one, OTPs or offer-to-purchase. All these are just acronyms, um, but yeah, offer-to-purchase. What is that? So that's, to my understanding, that's just basically the bulk of, you know, the, the contract or the agreement between you and the dealership that you're going to be purchasing. The, the, the well,
1: market. it's an offer. Yeah. It's so so an offer offer is a one sided thing until it becomes a contract. Mm-hmm. Okay. So an offer to purchase is I offer you this amount of money and I like sign that. Do you accept? That's you need to now as the dealer accept the offer yes. to purchase. Right. Quite often the offer to the the, the deal gets struck verbally
0: will will the offer to purchase be the final um i guess contract or agreement between you and the, can, the an offer to purchase can be
1: can, can can incorporate the purchase and sale agreement right yeah. but there are two separate steps there effectively there's the offer to purchase and then there's the sale and purchase agreement right yes. so so the one's an offer the other one is a contract um, um, and that can be combined um but i'm i mean I'm not a lawyer so but yeah. uh, but I've been in this game for long enough um and uh, and and then
0: is it is it um if if you sign the offer to purchase is it
1: legally buying in terms of you have to follow through? Well, that depends if there's if there's punitive clauses in there if you want to back out. So you just yeah. got to read the offer to purchase. So yeah. if if I make an offer to purchase, um, the dealer accepts, then there's usually a cascade of events mm-hmm. that have to occur before the deal's done. Of course, yeah. You know, so chances are you have to pay a deposit right there and then, right? Yeah non-refundable refundable not it depends on the depends on the circumstance but uh, but usually the offer to purchase might have punitive clauses that you know like it's almost like a don't waste my time clause
0: yeah hundred percent next terminology so these are also African based uh, I think that's very important so NATO's documents that's you know sometimes when you buy uh, buying a car the dealership
1: might ask you to bring your NATO's
0: documents what does that
1: what does that mean so that's like title deed Okay. okay. So that's the latest document. It's like a, it's like a title deed to a house. Mm-hmm. Um, um, So you know when you when you're watching an American movie, mm-hmm. and the cop pulls the car over, license and registration, please. Yes, exactly you that. You know what I mean? Okay. So so there's three documents. <laughs> Love that accent. <laughs> license <and> registration, <laughs> please. Um, Step out of the vehicle, <laughs> sir. <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> put your hands on bonnet. <laughs> no, put your hands on the hood. <laughs> yeah. Exactly guy so grabs, that's, his, guy but, grabs his hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: in South Africa, basically, what that is, what, you, what just happened right now, is was the, was the cop asking for your NATO's documents? No, it's not. Okay. Well, then. <laughs> okay. The more you know. So,
1: uh, so there's, three, there's three documents. There is the NATO document, which is like the title deed. You yep. keep that very safe. Uh, uh, if your car is financed, that Natus document will be at the at bank. The bank, yeah, you, won't, bank. you won't, you not have, you won't have uh, possession of it. If you own the car outright, you will have possession of the nato's document. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's the the title deed, effectively. That's the document that you will need to produce if you want to change ownership, if you want to prove the car is yours. That document.
0: So in more more cases than not, this is more when you are trading in a vehicle, or if you are selling a car. It's not necessarily if you're buying a car. You don't need any NATO's documents then.
1: No, you don't take a Natus document. Mm-hmm. The NATO's document belongs to the car. It's the title yes. whoever has the it's the title deed of the car ownership, right? Then you've got the uh, registration document. It's different, mm. okay? So uh, uh, that, and, and that registration document gives the vehicle the ability to drive on the road, mm. okay? So that's your license disc mm. on that's the true. that's the so when the when the cop in America says. License and registration is the disc disc, on the windscreen, right? Yeah. Um, I don't think America laws require the license disc on the windscreen. You have to carry it it in a glove glove box. It's just a piece of paper. That's a piece of paper. Same thing. And then license, obviously, your license card.
0: 100%. Then you alluded to this one guaranteed future value. GFV. (laughs) (laughs) This, This is, this is one of those where it's, you know, um, it's a bit more confusing. What is a guaranteed future value?
1: Yeah, so so th- th- there have been these instances or cases um, where a OEM guarantees the value of a car after a certain period of time, and they will buy the car back mm. at that price. Okay. Um,
0: OEM being the the car manufacturer,
1: just well, yeah, the, the car manufacturer guarantees it, and then the dealer executes on it. Yeah. Um, and in and in many in many instances, that guaranteed. Price in some at some future uh, time means that you can drive the car in there, give them the keys, and they give you that amount of money for the car
0: within that period. That's been well
1: kind of at a particular date. Okay, at so a particular date, or it it has a calculation over time. Um, I don't. Does that, a used that,
0: car have a guarantee future value?
1: Only if it's still within, within its period. period and the okay. warranty, right? Okay. So the, the the OEM could could have those, but they're schemes. Um, and uh um this happens when you enter into a lease agreement okay um, you know, uh, to my to my recollection, BMWs had uh, you know leasing plans where they've got guaranteed buybacks. Mercedes has had guaranteed buybacks in the past. I remember in the days of the C-Class when they were so popular, yeah. they would guarantee the value of the C-Class after a certain period of time.
0: There's conditions that that needs to be met with this,
1: right? So, well, you've got, got to be in warranty, sedan, full service mileage, history, mileage. Sure. There's a whole bunch of uh, hurdles you have to you have to jump through.
0: Okay, and then there's two more left: market value. Um, So obviously we get trade value and you get market value. What's the difference between those two terms?
1: So this is kind of a thing that's been now hotly debated over the last decade. Yeah. Um, there's there's a couple of terms. Some of them, uh, you know, we've coined and we've 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 brought brought the the terminology to market. Some of them being there around the world. Um, So the first one is uh, um, um, book value. The, The The book value was referred to the old system where there was a a book. Physical book. It was a physical book with all the trade and retail prices in that book. Okay? Mm -hmm. So book value. That largely doesn't exist anymore.
0: Because of the internet, because of transparency, because of… All of that stuff. A lot lot of things, yeah.
1: So right now, um, market value could refer to either a retail value… Okay. …or a trade value. Okay. Now, uh, um, retail value is what can you sell it for in the op- open market? What can you sell it for an auto trader? What would you get for it? That's yeah. kind of estimated retail value, um, and that fluctuates all the time. Yeah, you know, you come to auto trader and do valuation on your car today. In a month's time, it could be different, mm-hmm. and uh, in a week's time, it could be different.
0: Based off of, you know, mileage, your model...
1: No, it's not. It's based market, on current market conditions. market conditions. I mean, you do these numbers all the time. Yeah. So you see these fluctuations. all
0: the time, yeah.
1: So, so, so retail value doesn't change. It doesn't constantly go down. It doesn't constantly go up. It fluctuates. And it generally, for a used car, trends down. Mm. Okay? Mm. So it's going to go up and down and up and down. But it generally trends down because the car depreciates. And then you've got trade value. Now, this is a big story of contention because... Historically, the trade value of a car was calculated based on transactional values. Historical, what did that car actually trade for mm. before, right? Whereas in today's world, the best indicator of trade value is what's called retail-back trade value. Mm. Take what you can sell in the open market, less your profit, less reconditioning costs, that is the trade value. Mm. That's usually
0: done by the dealership, right They, they, they're, when they're buying a car. Yes,
1: and our product fusion that our customers use. Hundred percent. So, um, so price feedback. ratings is is
0: is that's basic. That's what that is, right? So it's the ba-
1: basic up. premise of price ratings, yes. Well, no, 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 no. Price ratings for the consumer on the front end of the site is is not the retail back. Is retail. It's retail value. Yes, retail. Yes. Uh, uh, trade value is in the in the fusion product that our customers use. retail back. Which is retail back. Yes.
0: Hundred percent. Loss on gap insurance or gap
1: protection. Gap uh, cover. I mean, this exists I mean, this also. This exists in medical board. aid. This mm-hmm. exists in other insurance. This is really just the shortfall between what you owe on the car and what the car's worth. Hundred percent.
0: Okay, that's yes. I hope that's. Um, <laughs> I think we got through a lot of terminologies there, and I hope that's kind of made your buying process a little bit easier. Running out of time. There's one thing I wanted to talk about. So, on the road fees, which is another terminology which uh, dealerships have been using for a while. Um, there's been headlines recently of dealerships having to pay back the on-the-road fees. Um, I'm not too sure if you have any insights into this. I read the article a little bit, but maybe you can explain exactly what on-the-road fees are.
1: Well, I mean, this is a um, you know a point of hot debate, and it has been for a long time. There are costs involved in uh, getting the car from uh, being in stocked form to being on your name, License and registration, uh, uh, a roadworthy check, all that stuff done. There are costs involved to that process, yeah. and 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 I don't want to judge what is what is right and what is wrong in terms of those costs. Mm-hmm. All I can say is that what this debate is doing is just creating transparency. Hundred percent, and that's all that needs to happen is there needs to be transparency.
0: So these on the road fees are essentially are just services that the dealership sort of provides. Does. It does provide on, on behalf of against yes. the person who's buying the car and there's a fee that's associated with them. So this can include pre-delivery certificate of roadworthiness, you know, fuel, initial fuel, a few things. Um
1: Yeah, so, you know, um clearance certificates, the car comes with a full tank of fuel, you know, you y- you can't you can't um assume mm. that you, you the dealership's going to give you a car with a full tank the of full fuel. Full of fuel, yeah. Um you know, and if you do have to pay for that full tank of fuel uh chances are you're going to pay what the dealership paid mm. um, you know and uh, and so so those fees w- what is included in on the road fees I suppose that's a, the the hot debate yes, and as long as there's transparency i guess
0: hundred percent if you want a full understanding of the entire um, article and what those fees are um the the uh, the article's on the site, so you can check out um that in great detail um, that's pretty much all the time we have for today. I think we've definitely. Clarified some things, and we hope you enjoyed the show. Thank you very much.
1: Chill, one dealer. <laughs> Search orchard Trader.